I want to begin this message by going to Psalm chapter 34. Psalm 34, verses 9 through 10. Psalm 34, verses 9 through 10. The Bible says, Fear Yahweh, you His saints. For those who fear Him lack nothing. Young lions lack food and go hungry. But those who seek Yahweh will not lack any good thing. I want to teach a message today about starving and about feeding. Once again, this passage teaches us that those that fear Yahweh do not lack. The King James says they do not want anything. And that brings to mind Psalm chapter 23 where it talks about Yahweh being our shepherd. And it says, I shall not want. And I used to wonder, I remember when I was little, I used to wonder what that meant. But what it means is that I shall not lack. I shall not lack any good thing that Yahweh has to give to me. He says that the young lions, they do lack food. And they go hungry. They starve. But those who seek Yahweh will not lack any good thing. Or as Matthew 5 verse 6 says, Those who hunger and those who thirst after righteousness, they shall be what? They shall be filled. People hunger and thirst after a lot of things in this day and time. A lot of things that are ungodly, sinful, licentious, some even blasphemous. But the Bible teaches that we should hunger and thirst after righteousness. And if we do have that hunger and that thirst after righteousness, that Yahweh promises that He'll fill us up. I want you to ask yourself right now, have you been hungering and thirsting after righteousness? Is righteousness just something just flippant to you? Is it something that's nonchalant? Are you really worried about doing what's right according to Yahweh's standards? Is it a hunger to you? Do you wake up each and every morning hungry to be righteous? Thirsting to live a righteous life? A lot of people have talked to me over the past, I don't know, four or five years. And sometimes they ask me how to handle certain situations or hang-ups or problems that they have in their life. And one of the best scenarios that I've heard and that I believe in with all of my heart is the principle of starving and of feeding. Starving and of feeding. And it can work both ways. We can starve ourselves spiritually, not hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Or we can starve ourselves naturally. you know. And either one ends up with us dying, obviously. Um, we know in the natural, if we just really think about it, it's very simple. This message is going to be very simple. But if we think about it in the natural, we know that when a person goes without food, or if they go without food or water, you know, for four or five days, you know, they're not going to have much of a chance to stay alive. You know, they're going to die physically. Okay? And so the same thing applies in the spiritual realm. A lot of times I think people are walking around and they're dead. They're walking dead men. They're alive physically, but they're dead spiritually. And it's because they do not hunger and thirst after righteousness. They have starved themselves Spiritually, and most of the time when somebody is starving themselves spiritually, they're feeding themselves carnally. 
And when I say carnally, I don't just mean that they wake up and eat eggs, grits, and biscuits. I'm talking about they're feeding their flesh man, the man that desires sin. Uh, the, the Bible talks about children of wrath in Ephesians 2 being dead to sin. People that live in sin, they hunger and they thirst after sin. Some people get so strung out on drugs that they'll sell anything, even their own children, to get a fix. How bad would that be to be so addicted to something that caused you not to even be able to think straight that you would sell your own child just to get a fix for the next few hours or let's say even a day and then it be over with. These type of people have starved themselves spiritually. They are starving. They're dead spiritually. But believe you me, they are alive physically and they're alive carnally. I'm here to tell you that the principle of starving and feeding is one of the most awesome principles that you can apply in the spiritual realm. You can starve yourself of spiritual things and you're not going to feel like a spiritual person. You cannot expect to be a spiritual individual if the only time that you give Yahweh is at church for the two or so hours that we're here. You're not going to be a spiritual person. You can't expect to live a life that's pleasing to Yahweh if you're walking in the lusts of the flesh and not walking in accordance with the Spirit. You can't. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of Yahweh. Because he is starving himself spiritually rather than feeding himself spiritually. This should only be the beginning of the new week that approaches us after every Sabbath. Yes, I think it's great that we come to Sabbath service. We get recharged. We hear encouraging words. We hear words telling us to continue in the faith. We hear words telling us although times are tough, or although times are going to get tougher, if we serve Yahweh fully, hungering and thirsting, Yahweh will pull us through. I think it recharges us, it revamps us. But what you hear at this place, you have to leave and you have to apply it to your daily life. You have to apply it when you go out in the workforce, when you go into the different places in society. You have to apply the principles that are mentioned and that are taught here at the assembly. Okay? You don't need to just open up the Bible when Brother Dan gets up here to read. That doesn't need to be the only time that you open up the Bible or when Brother Matthew or whoever gets up here to preach. You must be opening your Bible daily. And I want to encourage you that when you open your Bible daily, that you read and that you do not stop reading until Yahweh gives you something that you can hold on to for that 24-hour period or that 12-hour period until you hit the pillow that night. Don't just read just to be reading. You read in search of a nugget. You read in search of some guidance and some help. And don't stop. Maybe it'll take five chapters, maybe ten chapters. Maybe you'll have to read a book before you feel that Yahweh has given you something to make it through that particular day. Then the next morning when you wake up, you do the same thing again. Our life must be a constant life of prayer. A lot of times I think that the people that claim to serve Yahweh never speak to Him in prayer. Listen, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is full of speaking to Almighty Yahweh in the form of prayer. 
Yeshua says when he teaches there in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, taking it for granted that there will be prayer in your life. There was a woman that was barren in the Old Testament. Hannah was her name. She sought Yahweh with tears. The Bible says she poured out her soul to Yahweh. And Yahweh gave her a son, Samuel, a great prophet. And so we have to be in constant prayer to Yahweh. This is feeding our spiritual man. We don't pray, you're not going to feel like a prayerful person. You don't read, you're not going to feel like a biblical person. You're going to wake up some mornings and feel like you maybe don't have a reason to live. You're going to wake up some mornings and feel like everything is against you and nothing's for you. And you know why? You've starved yourself spiritually. When's the last time that you fasted? Right along with when you pray, it says when you fast. Taking it for granted that fasting is a regular part of your life. I'm not saying that you necessarily have to be like the woman mentioned in the Apocrypha. The Bible says that the only days that she ate was the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the feasts. And she fasted every other day. Every other day she would fast. Maybe Yahweh's not called you to live that much fasting. Somebody can amen that. But I think that you need to take it upon yourself to push the plate back often. The Bible says in the Psalms that when David humiliated himself and began to fast, that it brought back prayer to his life. Somebody says, Brother Matthew, I don't ever feel like praying. Go on a fast. Fast for one day. Fast for three days. Fast for five days. I guarantee you, if you're not feeding the physical man, you're going to have to eat something spiritual. You're going to drop to your knees because you may not even have the strength to walk after four or five days. I don't know. But if you drop to your knees, you can pray to Yahweh. Prayer just returns back to that bosom. It begins, you're feeding yourself spiritually. It begins to come back. You know, you may say, Brother Matthew, I I feel like I've lost these things. I feel like I've had them at one time, but I feel like I've lost them. We used to, I don't, I don't hold to a lot of the teachings um, or doctrines that men that I have known in my childhood hold to, but one that I really like is a terminology that they would call praying through. And I don't know that you have to call it that, but I like that, praying through. What that means is that when you get down to pray, you don't just pray because it's a ritual. You don't just pray because you're a good parent and you want to teach your children to pray before they go to bed or before they eat their meals at supper or lunch. You pray because you want to feel the touch of the Comforter in heaven. You want to feel Yahweh. That's why you get on your knees. Because you want to pray through. That means you want to not stop until Yahweh has made you feel as light as a feather. Hallelujah. You'll never know what that means until it happens to you. I can't explain explain it, and, and I don't do it all the time. A lot of times I pray, and I feel spiritual when I'm praying, but I don't always pray until I feel like I've prayed through to where I need to pray. And I need to do that more often. I do. I believe that there's a blessing in that. It's feeding yourself spiritually. Amen? Most people, instead of feeding, feeding themselves spiritually, that's a tongue tire, they feed themselves carnally. The only way, brothers and sisters, if you have a hang-up or an addiction or a problem in your life that's sinful and licentious and ungodly and horrendous and blasphemous and whatever synonym you want to put with it, the only way to get rid of it, 
Obviously, it's by the power of Almighty Yahweh. But it is to starve it out. Starve it out. Every little bit of food that you feed that carnality makes the carnal man grow and grow and grow. I've seen people almost get delivered of something in their life. And then they'll feed that thing just a little bit more and cause it to grow a little bit stronger. And then they'll feed it again and they'll cause it to grow a little bit stronger. Then they'll feed it. And before you know it, it's back up to where it was again. And once it gets to be a big, huge thing, it's hard to starve it out. It's very difficult to starve it out. But that's how you're going to get rid of it, is to not feed it. Just like people get rid of their spiritualness when they don't feed themselves in the Spirit, if you want to be a spiritual person and feed yourself in the Spirit and get rid of carnality, you're going to have to get rid of that carnality by not feeding that carnality. It may be with a song that maybe you like, but you know that there are certain things in that song that's not pleasing to the Creator. There's words in that song that you know you wouldn't listen to if Yeshua was sitting in the vehicle with you. You need to starve that out. Don't allow it to come into your life. It may be a television show that maybe makes you laugh. Maybe it does. Man, I tell you what, I've, I've really felt the conviction over the years about different things that would come across the television. Really felt the conviction. And you're always continuing to work with me in that area all my life. There are very, very few programs that we watch on television anymore. Very, very few. Very few that we watch. We were at the hospital yesterday. We pulled out some Andy Griffiths. And the nurse said, are you all going to watch Andy Griffith? And my wife said, yes. She said, when we watch that with the children, we don't have to hold on to the remote and get ready to press fast forward. You know, we don't have to do that. Very few that I watch. But Yahweh still, he's, he's working with me even more. I feel him even more tugging on me. And you know, it's not only the content, not only the content that should gear us away from television, but also it could be the time that we spend. You know, maybe it's, it's even something good, but the Bible says that the days are short. We have to redeem the time. You know, if I sit down and watch 30 minutes of Andy Griffith, I mean, what have I done for Yahweh 30 minutes out of that day? You know, maybe it was wholesome, maybe it made me laugh, and maybe there were some good morals presented on it. But what could I have been doing? You know, a lot of things we do, they're not sinful. But if we spend too much time doing them, they can become sinful. They can become idolatrous in our life. You know, you know, I, I, I love to watch my children play softball. But if I put that softball first, that's becoming idle. In my life, I'm teaching my children to idolize that game that's not going to make a bit of difference on their spirituality. I teach them to idolize that game rather than to put Yahweh first. So I always tell them before we go out on the field, I'll say, what's the first thing that Daddy teaches you when you get out on this field? And I tell them it's to be like the Messiah. That's the first thing. Because when it's said and done, it's not going to matter what the scoreboard says. It's not going to matter how many strikeouts you got or didn't get. It's not going to matter how many double plays you made. Yahweh could care less if you got a home run. What's going to matter is, did I portray the likeness of Christ while I was on that field? Did I show forth the light of Almighty Yahweh's Word when I was out there? 
when somebody hollered at me, did I revile back or did I answer softly? Was I kind? Was I courteous? Was I good when I was out there? Feeding the spiritual man, starving out the old man. Hallelujah. I've met people that have problems not being able to speak without a cuss word coming out of their mouth. Brother Randy and I have went on jobs before, and I mean, I've come this close to telling them, would you just hush? I don't, I don't want to, I mean, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, I know a lot of people may not understand and may not like this, but, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, that there's anything inherently evil with words. Uh, but I think that it's just filthy when people just continuously speak and talk. You know, my mama taught me, listen, it's just as wrong to say shoot as it is the other. You know, I mean, you're getting just as mad and pounding your fist and you think because you're replacing I with two O's that you're a spiritual person. You know, you're not going to do that at all. My dad told me one time, he said, son, he said, you need to abstain from the appearance of evil. I said, what are you talking about? He said, you missed that basket out there. He said, and you said, man, he said, it looked like you said D-A-M-N. I said, did it really, Dad? He said, yeah. He said, I don't want you saying that no more, son. <laughs> I said, all right, okay. We need to show forth the character of the Messiah. Everything that we do, we have to ask ourselves genuinely, not just wear the bracelet or not just wear the tassels, but ask ourselves, what would Yeshua do in this situation? How would he handle this situation? And you know what? Each and every time, how he would handle it is how you have to handle it. Or else you're going to feed that carnality that is within you. And believe me, it can grow strong. Just like a person can grow strong spiritually, that carnality can grow strong. I heard a story one time about a man. Supposedly it was based on a truth. I don't know exactly if all the particulars were true, but it went a little something like this, that a man was riding down the expressway one day and he he saw a box a cardboard box laying on the road and he stopped and he picked it up and that cardboard box was full of pornographic magazines he had never looked at one of those before in his life but it fed something within him and he began to look and began to look and began to look and before you know it it was not enough for him anymore then he had to go out to the strip bars and the clubs and go out and where all the Sinners go and they're not worried about anything to do with Yahweh. And eventually that wasn't enough for him. So then he reverted to raping girls by large numbers. And then that wasn't enough for him. Then after he would rape them, then he would have to murder them. And this man's name was Ted Bundy. What happened was he fed that beast. He fed that carnality, little by little by little. And no, it doesn't just have to be with pornography. It could be with many other things. I think that pornography is a subject that goes untouched in most churches today because it's sensitive, but it needs to be talked about. There was a recent study I read where there was a group, a Bible study group of 28 men, and one man was wanting to starve out that desire to look at that stuff. And he wanted to hold himself accountable to the other men in that group. You know, that's one thing that you can do to help you starve it out. Don't keep it to yourself. You find somebody that you can trust in and rely on. Somebody that would rather pray for you than gossip about you. And you go to them and you say, listen, brother or sister, 
I need you to help me with this. I need to come to you regularly and you keep me in check. I want you to help me control this desire that I have. I think that's a good thing that we can do. But in this thing that I read of these 28 men, 22 of the men admitted to looking at this pornographic material before. And they all decided in that Bible study that they wanted to starve it out. They wanted to starve it out. Would you really look at that stuff? They would ask one another, if Christ was there, what do you think God feels about that? And of course, you know, they all knew what the truth was in that regard. But you can begin, and they could begin to starve it out. And eventually it would go away. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 in the King James Version. I've heard this twice, and I wanted to incorporate it in this message. I've heard it put like this twice. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. First fellow that I ever heard say something along these lines was Babacar. If you notice when you read that, there's more to it than meets the eye. Whenever somebody falls away from being a spiritual person, it's not that they're here at church one day and they're lifting up their hands and they're praising Yahweh and they're just absolutely keeping the commandments and then the next morning they wake up and it's gone. That's not how it happens. They feed the carnality little by little by little. And eventually the spirit man dies. And they get so far away from Yahweh, but because it was so gradual, they may not even realize it themselves. They may actually have justified it in their mind that they're still following Yahweh. It may have been a six-month or a year period, but it was so slow that they don't realize it. And that's what Psalm 1-1 is telling us. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the way of sinners. Yahweh doesn't want us walking in the way of That is the lifestyle of sinners. But not only does he not want us walking, notice what happens next. Nor nor standeth. I don't know if I'm quoting it exactly right, but you get my point. Nor standeth. He goes from walking now, then he stops and he begins to stand in their way. And when you're standing, that means you're not moving around. You become a little bit more comfortable and then eventually you sit down. And you're relaxed in what you're doing. And you've lost completely that spiritual walk with Almighty Yahweh. Look at the book of Proverbs, chapter 27. Remember what I said about holding yourself accountable, not just to Yahweh, but to a true brother or sister of the Most High. What you need is a person that's going to tell you, no, brother, no, sister, that's wrong. You need to get that out of your life. You don't need to entertain that anymore. You get it out. That's what you need. What you don't need is somebody that buddy's going to buddy up with you and justify your sin and make you feel better about what you're doing. Proverbs chapter 27. Listen to this. I know this is hard, but listen what the, the author says. Verses 5 through 6. He says, Better an open reprimand than concealed love. The wounds of a friend are trustworthy, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. There may be times when you're going through hard times or problems in your life and you've got maybe two different kinds of friends and one of them you like to be around. It makes you feel good to be around them because they give you quote-unquote kisses and you think that they're your friend because they always tell you what you want to hear. I was talking to somebody the other day. I, 
I don't. I I feel like you always called me to teach the Bible. I don't feel like you always called me to counsel people. <laughs> but I've had a few people come to me and ask me, Brother Matthew, could could I have this counseling? And really, what that means, hidden in the in the in the white text, <laughs> is. Brother Matthew, I need you to listen to me and agree with what I tell you. That's what that means when they say, I want you to counsel me. I've had it happen before. People do not want to be told that they're in sin. They don't want to be told that they're doing wrong because it hurts. It's hard. It's humiliating. And this flesh doesn't like it. But that's what we need. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Listen, a true friend, if you're doing wrong and you come to that friend... A true friend is going to tell you what you don't want to hear. A true friend is going to tell you what's bitter in your ears. What doesn't sound good to you. That's a true friend. And it's going to wound you and it's going to cut. But it's going to be a faithful wound. It's going to stay there. When push comes to shove and when you finally come around, you're going to say, I know now who my true friend was. I've got dozens of people that could tell me what I want to hear. I've got dozens of people that would want to justify my sin and buddy up me and make me feel good about what I'm doing and and tell me, no, I haven't slowly drifted away. I haven't gradually went away from the Word. I'm still strong. I'm I'm still good. But that one person was bold enough to stand up for Yahweh's Word and say, no, you're not good anymore. You're not doing what's right. You've fallen so far away. You're living such a licentious life. That you don't even know it because you've gradually fallen away. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Brethren, the kisses of that other friend, they're deceitful. Odds are, if you've got a friend, quote unquote, that talks about other people to you, when you're not around that friend, quote unquote, they're talking about you to other people. That's what the odds are. Because a gossiper, once again, he has to feed that habit because he loves to keep it going. And that too needs to be starved out. That addiction of gossip. Look at Proverbs 19 as I close. Proverbs 19, verse 16. Feeding and starving. Brethren, it's not only physically you are what you eat. Right, Brother Randy? It's also spiritually (laughs) you are what you eat. And Brother Randy, or Brother Randy talks to me a lot about health. And I'm thankful that he keeps me encouraged. I love to be around other people that can keep me encouraged on things that I'm, I'm struggling with. And, I, and I'm, I don't eat as healthy as I, as I could. I really don't. I think we could all definitely do better. But um, he keeps me encouraged on that. But it's not only physically you are what you eat, but it is spiritually too. You are what you eat. Hallelujah. If you watch trash on TV, that's what you're going to be in this life. If you listen to trash on the radio, that's what you're going to be. If you look at trash on the Internet, that's how you're going to act. Because you are what you eat. Now, if you if you worship Yahweh, spirit and in truth, if you pray, you fast, you read your Bible, you turn from all the wickedness in the world, you stay strong and committed to the Word, rather than you are what you eat. You'll be a spiritual person. Your light will shine so brightly, and it's not because it's pride that you're wanting other people to see you. It's that you're wanting to point them to the Father that's in heaven, Matthew 5.16. Yeshua said, let it shine so that we can glorify the Father in heaven. When you walk into a crowd, your light will shine. You won't even have to say anything. You won't even have to say anything because people will see the life of the Messiah exhibited in what you do and what you speak and what you say without even witnessing. You can be a written epistle. Proverbs 19, verse 16. 
starving and feeding. The one who keeps commands preserves himself. One who disregards his ways will die. Or we could say this, one who feeds himself by keeping the commandments preserves himself. But one who disregards his ways by starving out the commandments will die. He will die spiritually. And brethren, let it be assured, he will eventually die naturally as well. Never to be resurrected. Never to live again in the life which is to come. Starving and feeding. I want to encourage you, brethren, that if you haven't been doing this, starving out the carnality, feeding the spiritual, begin to do it today. Make plans to start today. Make plans. You know what your hang-ups are. You know what your problems are. You know what your addictions are. You know where you fall short. You begin to commit your life to starving out those problems. Don't get near them. Don't let them have any place in your life. You begin to replace them with things of the Spirit. Amen. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You and we praise You and we worship You for all that You do. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for what it teaches. I pray, Father, that we would feed ourselves with the good things. Would feed ourselves, Father, with good foods, Father Yahweh of the Spirit. And Father Yahweh, that we would let die the things within us that try to rise up. Father, that we wouldn't even give them a crumb. But that we would, Father, just disregard them altogether. And Father, let them leave us and become delivered, Father, from problems and addictions and licentiousness and sin. Father, I thank you and I praise you for all that you do, Father. And I know, Father Yahweh, that with your help we can accomplish this. Father, we, we praise you and we worship you. And it's in Yeshua the Messiah that we pray. Amen.